Welcome to the Healing Ground Movement, a podcast dedicated to revolutionizing how we think about our bodies and our health. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Hudson, DC, and I have lived my life in pursuit of holistic healing and care that goes beyond symptom management. If you've been listening and like what you're hearing, head over to your favorite platform and leave us a review so we can reach more people with our important message. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Healing Ground Movement Podcast. I am Dr. Carly Hudson, and with us today we have Dr. Morgan Sheridan. Uh, Dr. Morgan Sheridan is a pediatric-focused chiropractor with a particular focus on neurostructural correction, and she's going to tell us a lot about that today because I know that one's a mouthful as I stumbled over it. Um, She loves seeing the sickest kids the ones that kind of get passed around provider to provider without an answer, and giving an additional option and resources to approach their health. Uh, Dr. Morgan works down here in South Denver at her own private practice, Foundation Chiropractic, and I am so excited to have you join us on the podcast today. Welcome, Morgan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I I just I love watching you work with kids. You have such a knack for making it fun and playful for them. And I know that you haven't completed, but you're pursuing your ICPA in pediatric chiropractic as well. Yes. yes. So I have the certification, mm-hmm. but I'm working towards the diplomate. Towards right the diplomate mm-hmm. there. And we'll, so we'll talk about that in a little bit, how there is additional certification for chiropractors to get specialized in different categories. There's just, I think there are so many unknowns in what you do. Sure. I am so thrilled to have you. But I always mm-hmm. start off with a easier, more fun question. Oh, uh, when was movement first fun for you? Movement was first fun. Maybe my first memory of movement okay. was at the Denver Zoo mm-hmm. when I was two-ish. And I chased a peacock, which turned around and chased me and bit me in the butt. So maybe that's my first memory of movement. But I grew up playing soccer, going Mm -hmm. to doing gymnastics, playing at the park, swimming, Mm -hmm. all the things that kids do that so much fun. Wonderful. And so I really love this peacock. (laughs) I'm still terrified. You're still terrified. So what's the takeaway? Terror of peacocks. Yes, terror of peacocks. And and as for that being your first memory of movement. Is there anything that sticks with you with the speed, the escape? You have to be agile. You've got to be <laughs> able to turn and move. Yeah. Well, and that definitely shows up in, in your world with chiropractic. <laughs> yes. Agility. Can't stop moving with the littles. Around. That's true, too. You have to be quick with them. Yes. So what inspired you well, to become a chiropractor, but then more specifically to jump into pediatric chiropractic as a specialty? Sure. So I've been adjusted my whole life since I was a week old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't come from a chiropractic family. My dad is a health insurance agent so if he paid for 12 visits he's getting 12 visits Um, and thankfully when my mom was pregnant he ended up in a great office just Mm -hmm. up north from here Um, and when she was pregnant the doc said hey make sure you get the baby in here right after they're born it's the most important adjustment Mm -hmm. and so I've just always gone I didn't know that was sort of out of the norm until I got into the the real world Um, and when I was in college I started playing rugby and I wasn't getting adjusted because I was funding my money to other places. Um, (laughs) and I had, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I got, I had a really big hit to the head and ended up with my first ear infection that I had ever had. Oh, as As an an adult, adult, which doesn't happen. Well, and can we just pause Uh and say that for people who who may not know, chiropractic is a fantastic intervention for ear infections in early childhood. And the fact that it took a head injury for you to get your first one as an adult certainly speaks to that. Right. Yeah. And so I had gone to the minute clinic waiting Mm -hmm. for my prescription to be filled. And I called my mom and she said, I feel like you should go to the chiropractor. I said, well, that's 
weird. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Didn't ever hear kind of the reasons behind it. Yeah. But I figured I played rugby. I could probably use an adjustment. So I went to the chiropractor, found one that was open. He adjusted me and instantly my ear popped and then drained. And I was sort of flabbergasted. I was like, <laughs> I need you to explain yourself what just <laughs> happened here. Um, and I ended up going back to the minute clinic before I took the antibiotic to make sure. And they said, yeah, you have nothing here. And so I just kept going back, kept talking to him and mm -hmm. was fascinated. He said, why don't you go to grad school for this? So I went to school thinking I'm going to be a rugby chiropractor, a sports chiropractor. Um, and I ended up getting hurt, so I couldn't do sort of the complex moves that you might need to. Mm -hmm. um, and I got a great mentor, Dr. Rubin, and he opened up a can of worms that was the world of pediatric. And it sort of came to a head for me as I can help grown people feel mm -hmm. much better um, or moderately better if you're not as skilled in those adjusting <laughs> arenas. Or I can help little kids kind of really heal and have a much better trajectory in their life than had we not intervened. That's fantastic. And, and it really speaks to knowing your lane. Right. And I was excited to have you on because there are so many different types of chiropractors. Oh, yeah. And I think the general population sees us as spinal adjusters, back mm -hmm. pain and headaches. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And sitting here now, we have an extremity specialist oh, yeah. that I will refer out all the hot discs that anyone sends to me. Oh, hot discs. Hot discs can go to those people that love them. Yes. And a pediatric chiropractor. And I send you all my peds, including yeah. my own daughter. Um, it, yeah. it, all it took was watching you treat her and going <laughs> like, oh, I'm not a pediatric chiropractor. <laughs> this is one. <laughs> yeah. So what special training do you get to work towards this diplomate? Sure. And, and diplomate in chiropractic is kind of our extra highest postgrad training. Yeah. You can, and mm -hmm. some in some states, it can be board certified mm -hmm. um, with the state licensing. So any chiropractor can see kids. Um, mm -hmm. They've taken a course to legally be able to see children. Um, and most of the time, kids respond to kind of anything they get because chiropractic is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but for definitely more sensitive um, systems or complicated cases, mm -hmm. uh, you do want to make sure that the kids end up in the right office. And part of that is um, through the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. They have additional certification, which is classroom and um, hands-on training. I think it's three, 350 hours, maybe. Oh, is that um, And then mm -hmm. the test at the end, which yeah. is very comprehensive. <laughs> um, and so that would get that would be for a certification. Mm -hmm. Now beyond that, there is a the diplomate program, which is additional training, hands-on learning, and then also there's a research component to each. So with the mm -hmm. first, you have to produce so much research to get certified. And then with the second, there's also, it's heavy on the research side of things. And that's the one we said 350. I didn't realize you were talking certification, but mm -hmm. the, the diplomate is at least a thousand hours. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. I think at the, yeah, the total like, at the end. Yeah, a thousand to two thousand yeah. hours of additional training. Yeah. Um, and you're working your way towards that diplomate. I am. Yay, yes. how fantastic. And you have a specific approach or a, a niche within mm -hmm. your office of kiddos that you like to treat. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I mm -hmm. love the sick babies. <laughs> so like I said, most chiropractors can see kids and most of the time it works out really well. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the times it doesn't work out, either there's they're just not getting the results they're seeing mm -hmm. or even kids who haven't been to a chiropractor and have been passed around provider to provider. Yeah. Um, I love those kids because there's something else we can do. So I like the hopeless cases like uh, maybe it's a kid who has recurrent ear infections and they've done mm -hmm. everything and they're looking at tubes. Mm -hmm. um, so it's sort of an end of the road option. Or maybe it's a child who has been diagnosed with autism and they've seen all of the therapies and they're improving or maybe they're not and mm -hmm. they're still having issues. There's still things we can do there. Um, I had 
one little guy that I call my Darth Vader that I use on my hardest days of business because he I love this story. So he was a six-year-old was mm-hmm. having these sort of abdominal pains, low-grade fever, nausea, sometimes it throw up, sometimes wouldn't, um, cyclically. So every few weeks and it would come yeah. back and it would come back and it would come back. And they had tried a bunch of things and sought out a bunch of providers. Um, and the mom said, hey, can chiropractic help my kid? I said, I don't know if chiropractic can help your kid in this way, but I know that kids heal better when they're under care. Mm-hmm. And so we adjusted him. Um, he got worse for a little, for 12, 24 hours. And then he has been going on years now, almost no episodes. Fabulous. So these kids that were stuck in this pattern where there's no options, there is, there are still more options mm-hmm. to seek out. And, and I think that's always a nice thing to consider when it comes to the alternative cares is it's usually a last resort, but mm-hmm. it ends up being a really simple full stop on it. Yeah. And I'll, uh, Okay, she won't forgive me for this when she's an adult, but she's three right now. I brought my daughter too um, because she went through a growth spurt and then immediately started bedwetting. And she had been um, completely dry and, and potty trained for several months. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it was every single night like clockwork. And to me, that turns into a what just happened with this growth spurt mm-hmm. and why is my daughter doing this? So I brought her to you. Mm-hmm. And this, even knowing what I know, and this is why having a specialist is is key is crucial mm-hmm. because I know this about reflexes. Can you talk a little bit about reflexes and how that then impacted how you treated her? Yeah. So uh, yes, adjustments. Mm-hmm. I have the kiddos that come and get mm-hmm. adjusted, but I do want to make sure I check out everything that's affecting the nervous system because with mm-hmm. the adjustment, that is my goal is to affect the nervous system. So I need mm-hmm. to see what else is affecting the nervous system. And so there's something called a primitive reflex. Mm-hmm. We're all born with it. Uh, one of them is rooting. So if you touch a baby's cheek, then they're going to turn and open their mouth to find the breast to eat. These are reflexes that are designed for us to thrive and survive. Mm -hmm. Um, Now in normal development, these reflexes get integrated into the nervous system when we no longer need them to survive. Mm -hmm. For example, we've learned to pick up food and eat. We don't we no longer need someone to brush our cheek to do that. Oh, that'd be awkward. It would be very (laughs) awkward. It's It's time. Or on, say, the bottom of the foot Mm -hmm. or the top of the foot both. Um, If someone touches uh, the top of the foot of a baby, they actually pick their feet up so they can learn to place, Mm -hmm. to learn to walk. Now, once you've learned to walk, you don't need that stimulus. Um, What happened with your daughter, Mm -hmm. and I see a lot with bedwetting, is there's a primitive reflex that goes down the back um, Mm -hmm. on the sides of the spine. It's called gallant, and that is so that we learn to roll over as Mm -hmm. a child. But when that is retained or the brain has not extinguished it from needing to be stimulated, Mm -hmm. um, it can cause issues with nervous system input, which then is output and could be bedwetting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I gave you some exercises yep. to work on that and with the adjustment and... Two nights yep. gone. The first yep. night she woke up enough to let us know. The second night she woke up mere moments. If we hadn't moved fast <laughs> enough, it would have been another accident. And then gone and she's back to sleep and it was about integrating that Mm -hmm. back into the Mm -hmm. system and having those pieces come back together do you see those kinds of um, retained reflexes show up in some of your more common garden variety things that are affecting kids these days absolutely so I check any child under 10 if Mm -hmm. they're in my office I'm checking their primitive reflexes Mm -hmm. Um, even if they're not presenting with something crazy going on that can still be just a little bit of a hindrance Mm -hmm. um, to what they're dealing with in life. Um, but yes, for the more complicated cases, I see a lot of reflex mm-hmm. issues. The prim- And sometimes it might be even that as a baby, they never developed that reflex. Mm. And so we have to first develop it and then <laughs> integrate it. 
um, with the concern being that down the road, the cognitive and motor development mm -hmm. that happens at the same time that this reflex is supposed to be integrated mm -hmm. kind of gets um, not skipped, but short circuited a bit. Yeah. And so, you know, in little ones, if I'm finding toddlers, if they have some of these later on, I also see kids who have not gotten rid of these have things like behavioral issues, ADHD, anxiety in girls, I'm seeing mm -hmm. a ton of. Um, and when we integrate it, it seems to help the nervous system deal with these other issues a little easier. So, I mean, it's a whole huge rabbit hole for us to go down as it far, <laughs> and, and we can't. Well, maybe we'll have another episode, and we will. Um, and we are having um, some functional neurology doctors coming on later where awesome. we'll keep digging. Yes. I, I, I'm so in love with this. I, it's, having had a brain injury and having you, I, I mean, I had primitive reflexes until um, I was nearly 30 years old Jeez. and it layers in. And so it does impact how you work in life. So I'm trying to think of the way to explain and make accessible that when we are supposed to get rid of these reflexes, mm -hmm. say, like the rooting reflex, mm -hmm. there is a layering within our brain and central nervous system that says, when you don't have this rooting reflex, you have learned a certain level of self-sufficiency. Mm -hmm. And that certain level of self-sufficiency then layers into being able to have some sort of self-care, finding your hand to your right. mouth. And it's it's sort of like you must pass this test to go on to the next thing. Right. So when we talk about these reflexes being retained mm -hmm. and these base levels of anxiety or ADHD or dyslexia, mm -hmm. It's because we haven't learned on a very base level and on a neurological level to attend to a need. Right. And it's an open circuit in our brain kind of reminding us back to, hey, I don't think you ever learned to roll over. Are you sure you're ready to read? Right. And it, it, we keep going back trying to fix that loop. Did I describe that all right as far Absolutely. as how it goes? Absolutely. And it's just that low-level fuzz going mm -hmm. on that, oh, low you level just, yeah. that you just don't – you're not conscious of. And yeah. your brain isn't even fully conscious of. And so it just interferes. And there's no way to say where it's going to interfere mm -hmm. until you find out what it's like to have no interference. And then it's an amazing difference right. of I didn't know what it was like to think clearly my right. whole life. Oh, that's right. amazing. So what kind of impact? I mean, you've given us a couple of stories, sure. but the broader impact of teaching the parents and the kids about this, yeah. what are you seeing coming out of your office? I just, the biggest thing that I love is the trajectory. That mm -hmm. is the word that I think of every day before I get going for the day is, mm -hmm. okay, how can I affect, affect trajectory here? Mm -hmm. And that is, let's say we have a kid that bedwets. Mm -hmm. They never learn to stop. They, mm -hmm. or not learn, but it, it's an issue. It, be, it, yeah. it persists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe it gets a little bit better. Maybe they go on to college and they wet the bed in college. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, now a roommate sees this. They make fun of it. It gets yeah. around campus. And then that person's self-esteem is so affected. That might be an example, um, especially with kind of more complex systems like mm -hmm. a kid on the spectrum. Um, if they aren't pooping, sleeping, mm -hmm healing they're always going to have to be cared for on a higher level than if they were being they were able to do some of those things for themselves mm -hmm. and i'm looking you know 40 down 40 years down the road if we have a 50 year old here that can't mm -hmm. care for themselves on a, even a basic level what does that look like versus someone that might be able to live independently with help mm -hmm. and that's a huge difference for each individual child for the family as a whole because these issues don't affect just the child it affects yeah. the whole family and the siblings i mean if they're if the We'll call the the sibling that needs more help is yeah. struggling so much that the other sibling isn't getting the attention for their own needs yeah. 
and growth, then that builds out from there to their families. So I just think that the trajectory of if we can take a few rocks out of this backpack called life Mm -hmm. that's weighing the family down, maybe they can get places that they want to go a little easier. Well, and it's kind of that idea of where you want to prioritize your energy. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of Band-Aids we can put on a lot of these issues and problems. We certainly antibiotics with ear Mm -hmm. infections and bedwetting. There's all kinds of devices and support, so many many things. And and now a lot of medications, too, to go along with it. Um, But then you're always managing it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really love about chiropractic in general. Mm-hmm. And then seeing it start at such a young age. Yeah. And, you know, what what am I to complain about seven days of my daughter bedwetting? But even in that seven days, my husband and I both lost sleep. Right. I was spending time every morning doing mm-hmm. sheets and laundry. And I could watch my daughter's self-esteem and affect yeah. drop. And she's such a happy, lively kid, yeah. very self-sufficient. Even at her age, she wants to show us she can do. Mm-hmm. And something that she was able to do was taken away from her. Mm-hmm. And that does have a way of kind of insidiously affecting our life if you have to live sure. with the secret shame almost. Sure. Yeah. So coming out with that is fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I'm thinking of mm-hmm. new moms. So when yeah. I see little tiny babies come in, mm-hmm. love the little squishes. <laughs> but you have one that has colic mm-hmm. um, or the ones that cry, not even the, there's a few different colics depending on who you talk to, yeah. but not reflux, but so that they're crying all night. And mm-hmm. then the mom now is going to be more exhausted than after already growing and mm-hmm. birthing a human, yeah. um, is now exhausted all night. Mm-hmm. The dad or partner is exhausted all night. And now we're going to have issues connecting with that baby because they're so tired. We're going to look mm-hmm. at things like postpartum anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. look at relationship issues because of those. And it's just... It, it can be huge. And when we look at the secondary conditions like mm-hmm. colic, bedwetting, what the symptoms are, what you're saying, yeah. instead of finding that primary condition underlying to fix it. That the reflex always, or the adjustment mm-hmm. that needs to happen. We're always going to be putting Band-Aids on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you're always managing it forever. Yeah. I just, I love that perspective. Yeah. Biasly, because I am a chiropractor, but I just <laughs> love that perspective. We that see you, cool stuff. We do. <laughs> you, you can impact the overall lifetime of a person. Right because you start at the very beginning. Right. So since you're looking at trajectory, mm-hmm. you're never really having someone come back in and say, aha, I'm fixed. Right, there's no way to say. What does success look like for you and your patients then? I like to see bare minimum, mm-hmm. if my patients are pooping and sleeping, I know they're doing well. <laughs> so that is sort of my baseline. Are you pooping, are you sleeping? Because you cannot heal if you're not doing those two things. That is very true. Um, and then I just see that the kids in my office respond to illness much differently mm-hmm. than say kids at playgroups or play places. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that they heal much better from injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just see the family coming in and moving towards this lifestyle of being proactive towards their health that, again, you don't know the impact, but you can see it. It might be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so why is it that you think kids are healing faster when they're under chiropractic care? I think that they're bare, as a basic, their body's responding to their environment better. Mm-hmm. That's the goal with any of my care is I want you to respond to your stressors appropriately. And how does chiropractic help with that? Sure. So let's say even from like an extremity Mm -hmm. point of view, right? If you're walking down the road, a kid, an adult, anybody, and your joints are wonky donkey, you're (laughs) going to be moving wonky donkey. And then other joints, other muscles are going to have to adapt. Mm -hmm. Then your brain is going to have to adapt to that wonkiness as well. Because it's not moving the way you're used to. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And come up with ways to compensate so that you don't tip over. Okay. So let's just say an injury 
that they're not going to respond to as well unless everything else is working together. Mm -hmm. Then we have the brain component. Your nervous system is going to see the tiger running at you, say, that's a tiger, let me get away. Instead of if there's too much of that low-level fuzz going on, mm -hmm. perhaps they don't see the tiger coming. Yeah. Um, and then the immune, we were talking a little about immunity before yeah. this. Um, there is research showing that People under chiropractic care have a higher immune response mm -hmm. um, following the adjustment. I think it's 48 hours was what I read recently. I think that's what I've, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so if you have, if your immune system is raring to go when you come across a virus out in a gymnastics or children's museum <laughs> or whatever, um, they have a better chance of fighting off that virus mm -hmm. because their bodies are smart and healthy and strong. They just need to have the blocks to fight whatever it is in the world. Fantastic. Well, and and the reasons why, I mean, going back to that wonky donkey aspect, mm -hmm. is that when we have um, joints that are, well, we'll call them fixated or mm -hmm. we'll call them out of place, but really it's just words. kid words. Yeah, wonky yeah. donkey. Wonky That's, donkey. Was, I like, yeah. I was just like, but yes, fixated like, is fixated. a much nicer word. <laughs> I was like, I, there are so many different ways to describe this, but within chiropractic, joints that aren't doing what they're yeah. supposed to do and they're locked, they're generating inflammation. They're yeah. generating irritation and your body is responding to that irritation. Mm -hmm. And again, missing the tiger running at you, whether that's the cold and flu coming mm -hmm. up this season or heck, even um, anxiety of starting school back. Mm -hmm. I see that a lot in the fall. Kids yeah. will have these things show up. Or adults, if they're, mm -hmm. you know, at work and they're having a stressful season, imagine like a health insurance broker in the fall. Yeah. It's the worst season ever. But <laughs> yeah, if they're distracted or mm -hmm. their bodies are distracted. They're distracted taking care of all these things that are in your subconscious. They're going to miss other things that mm -hmm. are coming at your subconscious, like those stressors and those viruses. Yeah. That's amazing. So you, you also treat adults as well. I do. But um, primarily the kids. I do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do. I see the I see adults who are part of my kids' families now. Fair enough. Yes. That's a good way to put it. Yes. Um, and so you mentioned you got your first adjustment right off the bat. Mm -hmm. How how early do you how young? Six days old. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was the Clores. They're just up north. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Um, Randy and Trish Clore and now their kiddos are working <laughs> with them. Um, yeah, so it was a week old and I have seen and how about you? Somebody. How do you treat? How young do you treat? How young? Yeah. Um, as young as an hour. Well, that was my own. Um, a patient coming in, the youngest, was 24 hours mm -hmm. old. Um, That's and, still ambitious for that mom. Yeah. Just yeah. to get out. <laughs> yeah. Not to Home get chiropractic, mom, just to get no. out. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was fourth. So she, oh, she needed breath. Well practiced. Well yes. practiced. <laughs> yes. So as young as 24 hours mm -hmm. old. Um, on average, I would say I see my moms who are pregnant mm -hmm. bring the babies in, usually within the first week. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about this a little bit beforehand yeah. about what a what people know an adult chiropractic adjustment looks like. Mm -hmm. And I imagine there's a little bit of a, oh, my goodness, why would you do that <laughs> with, to a kid? Um, can you tell us a little bit about what a pediatric adjustment looks like, feels like? Yeah, absolutely. Are you violent? So we're not twisting them no. and cracking them. I remember <laughs> telling my pediatrician when I had my kid, my first child. Yeah. But I would I adjusted him, and he mm -hmm. said, "You roll him and twist him." I said, "Yes, of course. <laughs> no, I'm no, not twisting this baby. No. Plus, babies don't. I mean, they're bendy. Yeah, they're but mostly cartilage. I mean, no, yeah. so <laughs> it's it's less of an adjustment and mm -hmm. or like a force that I'm putting into body a body, and it's a sustained contact. So okay. if you were to check a tomato or an avocado for ripeness, mm -hmm. kind of that pressure that you would use to check that, it's that's about what I use. Um, less on tiny ones. Mm -hmm. So like I'll have twins that are four and a half pounds. It might be a little less than that even. Yeah. But it's not a whole lot of um, force. There's certainly no cracking or popping or noises. Mm -hmm. um, and then as the kids get older, that force gets a little bit 
um, stronger, but again, it's not much more than checking fruit for ripeness. And what makes that different than, say, how how a mother would pick up their child and hold them somewhere along their spine? What makes your force a little bit different? My force is mm -hmm. specific. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be the most important thing. Um, I am putting force into a certain area of the body on purpose mm -hmm. to get a certain um, response within the system. Uh, the other part is, is that I am trained and mm -hmm. am feeling for the motion to return okay. to those joints. Whereas if you pick up, I mean, even if you, I've picked up my nine month old and I've felt like a pop and I was a little freaked out by it yeah. or her shoulder pop, it's less force than that. And that is a gross kind of motion that is probably fine. It's just the joint moving, yeah. but it doesn't, I can't say if it would have an impact on the system. Mm -hmm. So where a mom might just grab the child and that's more force than if you were to check a tomato, True. it's where the force is put and mm -hmm. for how long that matters. Okay. And where are common places that you end up adjusting kiddos? So almost always there was a medical doctor that did research on when babies are born, misalignments in the very top of the spine, mm -hmm. um, Atlas, the first bone. And he found 80% actually had a misalignment. Now, oh, wow. We're not high. all walking around like horribly wonky donkey yeah. right um so our bodies are really smart we're designed to heal that we're designed to take that and do something with it and mm -hmm. most of the time we do because we're all out here living our lives yeah when it doesn't it needs a little help so the um top of the spine top mm -hmm. of the neck is my number one place on anybody that i see um it has the highest neurological input into mm -hmm. the system so i check there first always and then usually in little ones um the sacrum so that's in the pelvis mm -hmm. has kind of what little butt tension. dimples are Yes. So the butt, the butt squeeze. Yeah. Um, tip for the parents out there: if you squeeze your kids' butt cheeks together and it's crooked, perhaps they the need an adjustment. Yeah. If the right. crack curves off to one mm -hmm. side, they might need to see a pediatric chiropractor. Yeah. Um, but the sacrum and then the top of the spine, and that is also responsible for um, flow of the cerebral spinal fluid, mm -hmm. which helps cleanse the system, keep things moving, keep things going right. And so I like to check those two places first. Um, there are certain areas in the spine that go with kind of presenting conditions, like mm -hmm. thoracic lumbar, the mid-back um, right junction. Right the base of the rib. Yeah. Uh -huh, tends to go with bedwetting or mm -hmm. digestive issues. Um, top of the upper back might go with respiratory things like asthma. Mm -hmm. So Wonderful. And it depends on the kiddo. That's fantastic. So you kind of have – you're mostly looking along the spine. Yes. And having that gentle um, – uh, gentle pressure. Yes. Now, when we talk about that 80% around the neck mm -hmm. and the whole birthing process itself, I yeah. mean, it's not a gentle hug. Being born is hard. It is hard work. Can you talk to us a little bit about how things like babies being breached and the pressure of the uterus or sure. C-sections or vaginal births, how those all impact our spine? Yeah, mm -hmm. we are designed to be born. Mm -hmm. So we would have died out a long time ago if we were not, if we didn't know how to grow babies and babies didn't know how to be born. Yeah. Um, but the way that babies were designed to be born has um, very real physiological and neurological impact mm -hmm. um, as a vaginal, uncomplicated um, birth without any kind of intervention. Mm -hmm. So for example, if uh, in a cesarean, one sort of, if I have a baby come in and they were born by cesarean, mm -hmm. I think, okay, maybe the system wasn't quite primed like it might've been had it been squeezed during mm -hmm. labor, that squeezing process of the uterus on the baby does have an impact. Mm -hmm. Then going through the birth canal, that's a quite a tight squeeze for yeah. that baby. Mm -hmm. um, but it also has an impact on even the cranial bones shifting down and priming that um, CSF pump that I had talked mm -hmm. about, getting things flowing in there in the brain and then squeezing the lungs to stimulate 
them to breathe. So if I have a baby born by cesarean come in, I think, okay, maybe this pump wasn't quite primed. Let's it, do some stuff. They didn't get that welcome to the world massage. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and CFS, CSF is cerebral spinal, spinal fluid. fluid. Sorry about so, that. Yes. <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll talk shop. But, yes. But to have that movement so that all of these joints that have mm-hmm. been floating around in its own little private aquarium right. in our bellies, that they get this squeeze, this pressure that um, is really gets it ready for that gravitational push. Right. Yeah. Right. And then if a baby is in a wonky position in uterus, so mm-hmm. it's transverse, it's breech, um, maybe its head is asynclitic on the presentation. It's kind of um, turned and tucked. A- anything except for pointing straight, straight, straight down and ready to roll. Right. Yeah. Um, that is a ton of stress on the baby's spine, body, mm-hmm. all of the joints. Uh, something called torticollis. Mm-hmm. A lot of times babies will be born and they'll have sort of a twist to their head in one direction. It can either be, I mean, it could be from in utero. So when mm-hmm. baby's in there, they weren't exactly straight shot for the exit or mm-hmm. being born. They got twisted a little, something like that. Um, breech babies sometimes will have issues with their hips from the way they're sitting if the mm-hmm. mom goes into labor. Um, Because when we talk about that with the breech and all mm -hmm. of those odd positions, that if you think about the the full-grown uterus with the baby inside of it as a big balloon that starts Mm -hmm. trying to push down, that push down, ideally, Mm -hmm. should be on baby's bum Mm -hmm. in this nice, you know, spinal curve with the Mm -hmm. head down and everything. Well, it just slides out effortlessly and everyone has a great time. That's that's exactly how childbirth is. (laughs) But if the baby is laying sideways Mm -hmm. or head up even, Mm -hmm. now all of that pressure isn't on the baby's bum. It is trying to play the baby like an accordion. Yeah. And that's even more aggressive than trying to come out the way you're supposed to. Yes. Yes. Which is why, I mean, Mm -hmm. thank goodness for cesareans when they're needed. Exactly. And it is to prevent any mm-hmm. of that extra now they're yes yeah now they're transverse especially especially so so they're we're, we're grateful for all of the medical intervention Absolutely. and it, it keeps ideally maternal death rates down and child death rates Absolutely. down but there are implications that just need to be addressed mm-hmm. um there are just things that happen if you go down route road a or road b that at the end of road a and road b they might look different for what needs to happen for that baby to mm-hmm. be well and if addressed early then we can look at those hips oh, and how yes. the kid is sitting and it's not going to turn into chronic hip pain and back pain right. or the spinal twist that is chronic bedwetting right. or some of these things that we've talked well, and about babies i mean kids mm-hmm. have more joints and bones than adults do mm-hmm. their joints haven't some of them haven't even fused yet and so to be able to get those areas moving properly before mm-hmm. they fuse or before they start building muscle around it that will eventually move those joints, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a much better outcome. So that when you talk about building that muscle around those joints, do you, you know, if if I have my three-year-old and like, Mm -hmm. well, she's fine, Mm -hmm. would we expect to see some of these things down the the road if I hadn't had her adjusted and addressed early on as she gets stronger? Is it something that sneaks up on us later? I would think so, Mm -hmm. Um, especially with... I think even like a lower cross syndrome sort mm-hmm. of thing, which is going to be an imbalance of muscles in the lower extremities, mm-hmm. um, could be affected by that hip motion. And if we have, for example, when babies learn to crawl, if they mm-hmm. don't do the classic crawl, maybe they do like an army scoot mm-hmm. or the bear crawl, is that because their joints aren't moving properly mm-hmm. or can their joints not move properly because of a neurological issue. Now, those are going to affect how those muscles are formed. Mm -hmm. Um, In a bear crawl, if they're always crawling, perhaps they're not getting that glute 
and hamstring mm-hmm. strengthening. They're going to have that shortening in the front. Isn't that sort of a lower cross yeah. syndrome? The, 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 tight, the tight hips. Right. The butt that's offline and doesn't know where it is. Right. And that's what sets us up when I see in my office the adults right. with the extremity pain and low back pain and knee right. pain and all that. Or a mm-hmm. kid that, I mean, kids mm-hmm. very rarely have pain. So pain yeah. is not a very common um, reason a kid's coming into my office. Really but if they up. have, you know, if their toes turn out mm-hmm. when they're learning to crawl and walk, then forevermore their muscles and bones in turn, because mm-hmm. bones respond to the uh, forces put on them, are going to develop in a way different than perhaps they were designed Mm -hmm. and that can definitely cause long-term changes in the biomechanics I like maybe not issues but perhaps changes and just to circle back I think you Mm -hmm. made a really important point that pain is not usually what brings a kid in no I almost never see kids for pain rarely it's sort of surprising when I do yeah so as a parent other than everyone should be under chiropractic care because we're not biased right what should a parent look for to think maybe now is definitely the time yeah. that I should finally take my kid to a chiropractor? So maybe I'll kind of start at the beginning. <laughs> so issues, breastfeeding, nursing, mm-hmm. latching, um, colic or spit up in babies, mm-hmm. um, crawling patterns. So if your baby is doing a silly crawl or it's like, haha, look at how little mm-hmm. Julie scoots on her butt. If the crawl is not a typical crawl, mm-hmm. it needs to be addressed. Um, I hate the adage that They'll crawl however they do. Mm-hmm. It's fine. There's variety. There should not be a variety in how babies crawl. Um, issues walking, issues with digestion, constipation, mm-hmm. out food allergies. That's just telling us that something is underlying there. That baseline fuzz. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Something is happening that this child, if it's something that is not, I maybe that's not going to be the right route because <laughs> average is not normal. So that's one mm-hmm. thing I really like to teach my parents is that just because most kids do something does not necessarily mean it's normal. Mm -hmm. Um, As a kid gets older, um, headaches occasionally I'll see, um, weird walking or injuries, bedwetting, Mm -hmm. um, ADHD behavior stuff. But if if your kid has fallen on their head, Mm -hmm. if your kid has gone down the slide face first, if they've been an American (laughs) of funniest home videos, then they probably should be evaluated to see if anything's gone wonky. And what small child ever hits right. their head on? Always. Always. They're always trying to kill themselves. So <laughs> just, just try, try. We, we kind of have a three-strike rule of, you know, three yeah. head injuries you were following up with chiropractic. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if we did it every time, we'd be yeah. living in your Totally. Office. And kids are, I mean, kids are <laughs> yeah. made to adapt to their environment yeah. and do dangerous, risky play. Mm-hmm. It's great for their systems. But they also, there's a learning curve there. Yeah. Um, and it's any. It's just anytime you don't want it to become a potential thing down the road. Mm-hmm. We can eliminate that so they can continue on with their risky play. <laughs> so it's not so much that we need to wrap them in a bubble or no. put them in a device that holds them in a container. Oh, it would be the worst. Uh, it's to facilitate all of this movement and exploration yes. and continue to push things back to center right. as we knock them out of place. As they're, yes, yes, as they're learning, we can just help Move keep that along. mold, that clay moldable. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's fantastic. So I think I have one last industry question because uh-huh. as I think, oh, this is my last one. This is my last <laughs> one. There's, there's just so many important things mm-hmm. that come in the category of um, 
what is average is not normal. Yeah. And that's true for adults and that's true for kids. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of things that are marketed to us as parents. Yes. That are supposed to make our lives easier. And we're going to Bumbo. And we're going to Bumbo. Okay. (laughs) That they're supposed to make our lives easier and more manageable. Uh But they do come with those risks for our kiddos because there is that natural development. So the containers. Ah, the container baby. Yeah. Yes. Um, So there is a thing out there called the container baby mm-hmm. syndrome. Um, it is, especially more than one child, mm-hmm. it's hard to manage so many children. Mm-hmm. Now, parents use these items either for convenience mm-hmm. or they think it's entertaining to the baby or mm-hmm. it's fun. Um, and it can be when used appropriately. None of these are the end-all, be-all devil. None of them mm-hmm. are the worst. But there is risk involved. So it might start out with like a baby swing. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, they can definitely help a baby go to sleep, Um, but it is not normal for a baby to be swung in a C position where they could have potentially um, issues breathing. Mm -hmm. So the, what was it, the rock and play? Yeah. Um, Now those are recalled and banned. Part of Mm -hmm. it was because they weren't being strapped in properly and babies were falling out, which Mm -hmm. is... Uh, parent error. Mm -hmm. We've all done it. Um, But part of it also is is that a baby cannot necessarily extend their necks to breathe if they've become compressed, and Mm -hmm. so it can reduce the breathing. That's also the reason that babies are um, discouraged, and there's sort of a push for it now, to not let your baby nap in the car seat. Mm -hmm. So is a car seat, is it a better idea to have a car seat in a car, a baby in your car seat in your car, than no car seat? Absolutely. Yes. But outside of there, the risk of being hit by another car no longer exists. So the higher risk now becomes that baby being in a poor position. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like jumpers, the Johnny jumpers in the doorway. (laughs) Yes, it may be fun for the children. Um, Or the walkers with um, the wheels and the the wheels and the entertainment and the lights Mm -hmm. and the brights and all the things. Um, Those things can affect hip development. Mm-hmm. So when the baby's hips hang down and they're not able to bring them up into a nice W position, it changes everything about the spine and the shape mm-hmm. of the spine and how that spine develops. So babies are born without any curves in their spines. That's mm-hmm. how they are born. That's how they can be born. Yep. It's that nice um, C compression that we were talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they need to develop it themselves. That's how they build those muscles. So when you put a baby on their stomach for tummy time, they're extending their neck and building that curve. Mm-hmm. Um, when you put them in these containers, it redu- it changes those curves and the biomechanics. And so they aren't able to develop in the proper way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the hips, the spine, um, yeah, the containers are fine in small doses. But the best thing you can mm-hmm. do for a baby is put them on a hard surface and let them move. And Movement's I th- everything. And I think that's really what those containers take away is the ability to build that strength themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And when you talk about that C position in the rock and play, they're not able to practice right. this. And when we talked earlier about the gallant yes. and this ability to extend backwards, well, if you can't ever extend backwards, right. how are you integrating that back into your system? Um, the other piece that I think that comes up really importantly is like when we put children in bumbo for prolonged mm-hmm. periods of time and that becomes their way, they also don't have the core strength. No, they don't they're have the, not designed for that. And they don't have the awareness of their central nervous system to mm-hmm. know that upright is normal. Right. To them, upright is still down. When they learn to sit up on their own, when they've developed that yeah. strength, upright is now normal. This is my center. So you're actually putting them in, in a really anxious position yeah. because now they don't – it's like a tilt-a-whirl without yeah. the movement. Yeah. Just a little bit of unsettledness. And their proprioception, their mm-hmm. vestibular system just mm-hmm. don't get the – the normal intended input that mm-hmm. is 
required for normal development. And the important thing, I think, for all moms and dads and parents and caregivers mm-hmm. to remember is that in all of these containers and whatnot, a lot of it comes from just being so excited for your kiddo to hit that yeah. next milestone. And they will. They and they'll get will. there. But... Yes, let them. And you really don't want them to start moving yet. It, <laughs> yeah. is, it is a game changer when they start crawling. This is really true. So let them take their time. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that as a new mother, and I ignored it, and I just couldn't wait for my daughter Once to move. Once they start, you just can't turn them back. And now as a mother of a toddler, gosh, she runs away and tells me no. Oh, my goodness. Yes, life, babies, life got so much harder. Babies will develop mm-hmm. properly if given the chance. Wonderful. Yeah. So what is your takeaway about what you would like people, what you would like to change or how you'd like people to think about movement and kiddos specifically, pediatric movement? I think that is the most vulnerable and important Mm -hmm. population to make sure movement happens properly because it is the basis of how they'll move as adults. Mm -hmm. So for the rest of their lives, they are building their foundation Mm -hmm. um, on how they'll move, how they'll respond to the world, how they'll respond to stressors in their life, um, and how their bodies will heal. And so I think that population is very vulnerable Mm -hmm. and also very moldable. So it's really easy to affect long-term how these kids are going to grow up and live as adults. That's wonderful. And and from what I've taken away, what you've said throughout our, mm-hmm. our chat here today is that rather than getting bogged down in the stress and anxiety of one more thing to think about right. as a parent and, oh, my gosh, how am I not going to screw up my kid? The nice thing is you just kind of keep pushing them back to center yeah. and let them roll. And it really is kind of that easy. Your kids are going to get jacked up. Yeah. And we just help them recover from it a little bit yeah, better just just a little yeah, little, 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 little stuff wonderful well thank yes. you so much for spending thank time you for with us me. today i think i think this is great information for parents to have i hope it's been um really educational and eye-opening for our listeners and really appreciate your time thanks carly thanks thank you for listening to today's episode i hope you enjoyed what you heard and got a little something out of it Now remember, the information expressed in these interviews is for informational and not diagnostic or treatment purposes. However, I hope you find that having the right information and resources can go a long way to helping you on your healthcare journey. Ask the right questions and seek out professional help.